up, world? This is your boy, P. Frank Williams, producer, um, extraordinaire, BT Awards, American Gangster, Unsung, plenty of properties. I want to shout out my man, LT and Jack, for holding it down. Listening to the LC and Jack Radio Show live from New York. And now, here are your hosts, LC and Jack. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the LC and Jack Radio Show with your man LC holding it down. Give us a shout here in the studio. You can reach us live at area code 347-843-4738, the LC and Jack Radio Show with my man Brett. What's the word there, Brett? All right, man. Hey, 90 days and counting. All right. <laughs> 90 days and counting. That's my word for the day. <laughs> that was good. All right. And we want to give, dedicate this show to the wonderful solstress, Miss Donna Summers. Yes, sir. I tell you, Brad, what a blow it is. But um, our hearts and prayers goes out to her family. True indeed. All right, there, Brad. Let's uh, let's move on with our guest uh, this evening, P. Frank Williams. An Emmy and NAACP Image Award winner is a TV, film, writer, author, and commentator. Some of the shows he's produced are the BET Awards, NAACP Image Awards, the BET Honors, and the 2004 Olympic Games, to name a few. Recently, has produced BET's America Gangster, Sunday's Best, and TV's One's Unsung Series. If you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. We are so pleased to welcome to the LC and Jack radio show, Mr. P. Frank Williams. And I'm uh, happy to be here with you guys. Uh, good luck and for bringing me on, man. I really appreciate it. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, so thanks for having appreciate me. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We appreciate you taking sure. a little time out of your busy schedule. We know how it is. So we the weather like in New York City there today, is it? <laughs> Yo, it's like the West Coast over here, you know what I'm saying? We're toasting <laughs> eggs on the sidewalk, <laughs> good, you know good. what I'm saying? Okay, good, good. Right. You got your rags and, and your uh, low rider and everything. Okay. No, nah, we don't oh, do good. that, man. We're too many potholes, oh, okay. you know? We got potholes uh, over here. We'll bottom out oh, and okay. break Break your axles. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, I feel you. <laughs> but uh, we're going to jump into it, uh, P. Frank. want to want to get at you and find out what was so attractive about journalism. What, you know, why did you get into that? Well, you know, um, you know, I don't know where you guys are from in New York City, but I'm from East Oakland. And uh, when I was a kid, like in the uh, 70s, you know, around me was a lot of like uh, – like Black Panthers and hippies, and, like, these are people that I would see uh, growing up. My um, uncle was a really well-known kind of, like, writer, like, activist. 
dude in the Bay Area. And so even as a shorty, I was into kind of like learning about and reading and just newspapers and stuff like that. And I would read the sports page. And by the time I was maybe like around 9 or 10, um, some of the young homies in the hood, they basically wanted um, to communicate with their girlfriends. And some of them weren't the best letter writers. And so I started writing letters some of the homies in the hood, like, say your girlfriend Jackie, you wanted to express how you feel, you really couldn't get it together, and I'll write you that little solid love letter, and get a little, you know, a little 10 spot from you, 5 spot, and uh, make it happen, and so, since then, I've been a, a writer, you know, and I was always fascinated by words, and I would watch television and read the newspaper, so, um, it started early with me, man, and by the time I was in high school, I was working on my um, high school uh, newspaper, and then in college, I also... Um, starting with sports, I'm a big sports person. So and in college, I also wrote on my uh, college paper and mm-hmm. editorial. And by the time I got to college, you know what I mean, I was writing um, for my paper. And then I got an internship um, at Newsday, where I worked in New York City when I was at mm-hmm. Columbia. And once I graduated from Columbia out there in New York City, I worked at LA Times. So as you can see, it's just a natural progression from a LA Times writer to editor, executive editor of the Source magazine, and I worked at the Source. So. I've always been into journalism and, and writing and communications, you know? Well, that's what's good. Yeah. It's, it, you're doing your thing. and That was my uh, escape from the hood, you know what I mean? Everybody has mm-hmm. basketball, whatever you might be doing, but that was my escape route from getting yeah. out of my environment. What, what's your team, by the way? I know you're from the Bay Area. What, what's your, well, what's your team? My number one team is the Raider Nation, you know what I mean, in terms Uh-oh. of any sport. Yeah, that's Raider Nation all day, and we can take it outside. But uh, I'm also, uh, I mean, my, my team is the Jets and the Knicks. I live in New York City. For a long time, you know what I mean. And I'm I'm a, I'm a Lakers supporter. I can't say I'm a fan. I moved here, so <laughs> I do, I, I'm still in the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? I hate the Patriots. We can't really talk about that. And the Celtics. I'm with all of the black. I'm, I'm a black nationalist. I'm with all of the pro black teams. Yes, I'm sir. not with none of the good. Patriots, yes, Celtics, sir. none of that. So I'm a hater. That's what's good. Well, I'm with you with the Knicks, but I'm a Cowboy <laughs> fan here. Yeah, oh, I, wow. I love the Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys cool. Mm-hmm. That's what's good. That's what's good. I'm about to ram you over over there. <laughs> I'm a Rams fan. Do a dab. Uh, okay, you don't really have much. You did win a championship, so you can't. Yeah, yeah, I got one. Well, I snuck one in. You know what I'm saying? 99. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. But uh, you had mentioned uh, P. Frank, the source, and I just want to tap, touch briefly on that um, because I want to hit so many different things uh, in the time that we have with you. But I know you did several interviews with various artists at that time. Is that one brief, briefly that you can touch on that you'd be like, wow, that, you know, most people would be shocked to find out information on that artist? Well, you know, when I was at the source in the late, um, in the mid-90s to late 90s, early 2000s or so, I wrote quite a few cover articles at the source, whether it be Ghetto Boys, whether it be Dr. Drake. I wrote the memorial cover for Easy e when he died back in 95, mm-hmm. so that makes a real, I guess I'd show how old I am. But um, I also wrote the, pop, the, the Tupac cover. When Tupac died, I was in Vegas the day after he got shot, and I covered that for the source as well as the LA Times. But, you know, a lot of people in terms of the source history know me from um, the Suge Knight interviews that I did, and mm-hmm. I interviewed Suge, obviously, when Death Row was at its height, as well as when it was falling, um, when Dr. Dre left. So, you know, Suge was a wild boy. You know, he would just kind of say crazy stuff. You know, I went into his office one time at Death Row Records when they were on Wilshire Boulevard, and... Um, he had just gotten out of jail, and uh, he was sipping on some Diet Coke. He had his little jeans and his, you know, diamond-studded handcuffs. And so he opens up the, the briefcase in his office, and right behind him is a huge shark tank with barracudas in there. And he wow. likes to drop fish and stuff like that in there and blood red carpet. And so he was like, you know, pulled out the diamond-studded handcuffs, like these 
these, you know, I'm not going to say the, what he said, but they basically can't hold me down anymore. So you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a free out of jail with my diamond handcuffs. And he went off on Prince, calling Prince a homosexual, calling Matty Johnson a homosexual, talking about Mr. Farrakhan, obviously going in on Dr. Dre, Dickie. You know, it was just a wild time in hip-hop. And so writing some of those articles at the height of the bad boy um, era, you know, death row beef. You know, vibe versus source. It just was a wild time in in, in the whole industry. You know, it was late '90s, Rockefeller, um, aftermath. Uh, you know, Rough Riders. That whole movie. Mm-hmm. That was the big time. We was wilding out. Murder Inc. You know, so those yeah. are some of the things that I did. Obviously, at the source, it was it was, it was a lot of fun. Man, it was it was quite a it was a rolling stone of hip hop. I guess you could say. Yes, sir. No doubt about it. And to me, you know, I'm a I'm an older head here. That was that was real hip hop, in my opinion. I know it is, it is, you know, it's changed and evolved, but uh, not the violent piece, but just the music and you know, Easy E, some of the artists that you mentioned, you know, um, wow, that's that, that's that's you know, to sum it up to me, just just what they. Yeah, no, it was it was, it was a different time. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's funny because people always ask me what I think of hip hop now, and I still feel like it's probably one of the most beautiful times ever in the history of the art form. And I'm a cat who used to record it off the radio in '82. Mm-hmm. When it was one hour on a Sunday, and when you go to the record store, and it was like, you know, eight or nine CDs that you could buy, not a DVD or nothing like that. But so I understand how far we progress, and I'm glad to see the Tigers and the Little Wings and the Bruno Mars kind of blending with hip hop, and you know, the Bobs and the, the kids with their jeggings and skateboards. You know, before when we were young, uh, we got stereotyped for wearing baggy clothes, and nobody would play hip hop on the radio, and we were like the outsiders. You know what I mean? That's that right. first. Because well, I guess I'm kind of like second generation hip hop, and now to see it mainstream, some people may be mad that hip hop has been co-opted and become a multi-million dollar industry, billion dollar industry. But I'm happy. I think it's good, and uh, my kids don't have to worry about stereotypes. They grew up with hip hop on the radio. They don't know what mm-hmm. that means, you know. No, definitely. I feel, and there are some artists I can get to today. It's just like you said, it, it's changed, and uh, uh, I still like the Jay Z's, and there's still some I call throwback. But they they really give it a, a show, you know. So, uh, but but uh, but great. And I, I just want to kind of shoot because I know you, you've done a lot, my brother. You've done some really great things. You, you've Thank done you very a, much. Yeah. I've been working hard. My grandmother had that belt out when, she, when I was a shorty. You oh. know what I'm so that, that, yeah, that's exactly. You want to know why I was in school? Why wasn't I was smoking L's and why I had to keep working? I still, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a different different age now, but I'm still afraid of that belt. Yeah, and a rolling pin. Watch out for that rolling pin. Yeah, she she used quite a quite a different yeah. kind of thing. So uh, yeah, that's why you see me out there out there grinding like it was '86, and I'm out the mm-hmm. trunk. Wow, right, and and I guess just kind of jumping in, and, and you've done, like you said, grinding, doing a lot of these award shows. What 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 does it take to to get those things to come off? You know, you're intricately involved, dealing with artists, personalities. How, how difficult is that to, to make that? Are you talking about award shows in terms of making them happen and stuff like yes. that? Yes, yes. Well, I mean, earlier in the day, you know, uh, like the 99, 2000, when I did the Source Awards or the Vibe Awards earlier and back in the day, you know, hip-hop wasn't as much uh, getting props from the Grammys and mainstream and American Music Awards and Billboard. And so back then, it was an easier thing to get your hip-hop, your Jay-Zs and, you know, your DMX and Busta Rhymes on those shows because that was all they had to get honored. You know, a mainstream show like the BT Awards, a lot of time, the labels, at least they used to, pay for their sets or want them to be on that show because it's very visible. It's free publicity to some extent. Mm-hmm. Or it's almost like a commercial. 
Um, but, you know, a lot of times I would do the special packages on BET Awards or BET Honors. So if you saw Russell Simmons getting awarded something on the BET Hip Hop, I would go out and interview Russell, put it together, you know, produce it. Or BET Honors where I wrote the script and produced all the special packages. So award shows are, you know, can be both good and bad. You know, you got artists that are just like uh, your girlfriend. It's temperamental, you know what I mean? She might be having a, a monthly situation that day or might be having a uh, issue with her or family or she just wants to cry. So, you know, people ask me as a producer, uh, whether it be award shows or Young Cheesy Movie or whatever I'm doing or digital, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, artists are like like your kids, you know what I mean? And, and they are the worst kind of kids sometimes because they're so used to getting everything their way, yep. kissing their ass, and you basically mm-hmm. got to massage them. You know, unsung, I deal with a lot of different issues in terms of artist insecurity, artist drug habits, artist uh, quirks, Artists wanting a certain amount of money, uh, artists not being on time. So, um, but when it, when it comes to the end of it, when they get to see themselves on television or back in the day in a magazine, usually they're very happy. Very rarely have I had anybody have any beef. So, award shows are fun, man, and I think that for most people it's really a celebration. And there's not nothing too heavy. I'm not trying to accuse you of a murder like Suge Knight, or I'm not trying to try you like an American Gangster. So, right, um, you know, be positive, you know. And that and that's what's good. And that's what's good. And, and you mentioned on song, it's a great. Uh, kind of segue I tell you my brother I've been watching these things and the way it's crafted well very well written it hits you it keeps you moving throughout I mean I'm mad at the end because I'm like wow it's over already mm-hmm. you know it's, uh, you know right. so that's when you know at least me I'm watching a show I'm mad at the end not because you know the show itself just like you know it's just flowed and it's been informative. Right. I mean, one of the unsungs that you did, I mean, it's been so many. I can We, we could go on and on. But Sheila E., uh, it's one of those artists, I'm like, you know, what what happened, you know, kind of behind the scenes? Stacey Lattishaw, uh, what happened to her? You know, you never. Well, I mean, Sheila E., obviously, pulled. that was a really great um, chance to do that. And the only reason that that actually happened, because I am from Oakland, and she is from the same neighborhood as you saw she was mm-hmm. in Oakland and uh, I was able to communicate with her she was a little bit worried you know that sometimes unsung portrays you as like old school or one foot yep. in the grave as yep. if you were played out and yeah, she's right. very much alive and very much doing her thing you know television and Oscars and you know the Grammys so she's not like she fell off you know what I mean and so for me um, doing a show like that is, is basically an extension of what I did in the magazine so if I profile Sugar EPMD or Mob Deep or whoever it may be, Wyclef in a magazine, I took that and I put it in a visual form on Unsung. And as a mm-hmm. fan of the culture, whether it be, you know, black music, soul, R&B, hip-hop, whatever it is, I try to take a picture of that person's life. And it's basically, imagine me taking a snapshot of your life. And then I basically show that back to the public and be like, well, this is what I saw. And I, I don't know if you want to do that, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want to we show Lord. all your good and bad. We want to show mm-hmm. that night you was passed out, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. on the L train, <laughs> trying to get back, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or that big girl that you, after three shots, oh, you was like, man. well, I know it's only 250. I, I, could, I could work it, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, so yeah, judgment calls. I, I want to show the whole thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> Wow. And people love Unsung because a lot of times, you know, black artists, um, especially rock, you know, R&B, soul, hip-hop early days, haven't gotten a props they would. They're never going to get it behind the music. So right. here is a chance and a vehicle for them to get the props and get honored that, you know, we know as, as music fans. Because they have great stories. Nobody is just telling them. And so I think that that's why Unsung has been on for five seasons. You know what I mean? Whether it be Houdini I did or Big Daddy Kane or Zap or whoever, Full Force, it doesn't really matter. You know, Arrested Development. 
which I just did, which is coming out in a couple of months. So um, I'm, I'm happy to produce the series, man, and I think it's a, a great thing. We won another NAACP Image Award this year. Um, Congratulations. So, um, yes, it's sir. a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, paying some bills with that. that. That's a car note situation. Hey, I'm very hey, happy hey. about that. <laughs> that's what's good. How, how did you get involved with on song? For, it was, you know, how how'd that, you know, did somebody well, reach out B- to you? B- you know, I've been working on BET, at BET, where I've done, like, you know, BET Wars and all these kind of shows, Hip Hop vs. America, all the specials about Tupac and James Brown, and all those kind of things. And when I was working at the network, I produced a show on BET called uh, American Gangster. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people know I did, like, you know, Monster Cody and um, Matul Shakur and um, Felix Mitchell, all these different folks. And the same company that produced this um, American Gangster is the producers of Unsung. So basically, uh, you know, I was like, well, hey, here's some artists that I want to do. And they were like, well, we know you're a good producer and you do your thing and go out and make it happen. So I posted the Zap family and, you know, the Trotmans and, you know, whether it be Sheila. I just try to use my extension of what I did in the music business and just keep going from that. So um, I always say to people... People ask me all the time, well, how do you get in the game? Or, well, how do you get interviews with people? Um, first, you know, to get interviews with people, I, I have those same relationships that I have. I'm working at the source in the LA Times and I always stay in contact with people and I always do a good job. So, you right. know, when I popped up on Grandmaster Flash to work up with him or when I saw Kane, I knew Kane. And Kane was like, very didn't want to do it uh, in terms of unsung. But I convinced him, I was like, I'm not going to play you. I promise you it's going to be a good thing. And right. I'll let you check out before I put it on and make sure you know. But I'm like, you're going to have to give up some of the secrets. I'm going to not know about the 12 girls in one night in Cleveland. You know, <laughs> know about the beef with Juice Crew. I'm going to have to know about, you know, with Rock Him. So, you know, as long as you make artists feel comfortable and, and you tell their truth, usually they're pretty cool, especially with some songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially hip-hop. Yeah. You know hip-hop guys are, mm. you know, it's all about that image, that hard image. And they don't want to have anything come out, seeing it, you know, they saw off, so... But you know, I think that you, you know, I tell artists all the time that uh, the public identifies with your struggles. They have used drugs. They've had a bad marriage. They went through a depression. They went through the point in their life when they weren't falling as hard. They went through insecurity. So a lot of times you as an artist, you'd be afraid to show, you know, your insecurities or a big daddy came when your career was on a lower thing and you didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? Or I just did a Arrested Development um, speech in the um, Tennessee Cats. And, you know, when the rest of the development was on a decline, speech thought about suicide, went mm-hmm. through a depression. And I think when people watch it and see where he's at in his life now and how he's turned it around, they're going to be able to embrace that story and identify with it. So I always tell people, don't be afraid to show your scars. That's life. Those scars, you got those by putting in work. Yes, so, uh, you know, I encourage folks to embrace, you know, your scars because it's a beautiful thing. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Mr. P. Frank Williams who's a very notable TV film writer, producer. The list goes on and on. Uh, so so pleasure, you know, we're so happy to have him uh, with us for a few more minutes. Uh, P. Frank, what, what, um, what's a day in the life? I know you touched a little bit earlier in the interview. What's a day in the life like even today? <laughs> well, I mean, just I guess this week um, I have a piece in development, you know, when I'm doing with allhiphop.com. Uh, and potentially with Complex, um, still in the early stages, but it looks like it's going to work out where we have a uh, a, a piece that we're doing, the first original online series, um, Imagine Unsung, and, and, you know, this, but a short form period videos, you know, portraying the pivotal moments in hip-hop, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Imagine like 30 for 30 online, so I'm in the midst of producing that, 
series, which is probably going to launch at the end of the year. And I'm in pre-production, which means I'm getting the contracts, having the meetings. Um, I just did um, a film called American Hope, A Madam's Heaven and Hell. It's a documentary about a woman uh, who's like the new school Heidi Fleiss and has these escort services in different cities. And so I'm in the point where we're finishing the rough cut. I'm in the edit bay, and I'm putting VOs on it, and I'm cutting it down. Um, I'm also about to start working on another project with Fuse, so I'm just talking through the ideas of that. And, you know, I just left the road. I was on the road for about a two weeks where I was shooting in Atlanta, and then I went to uh, um, New York. I was there having some meetings. And so I move around, you know what I mean? I, I shoot um, for a few weeks, go back mm-hmm. to the edit bay, get it right, I have meetings about the next project, and, you know what I mean, I brainstorm. Um, right. sent a bunch of emails so I'm always like I'm in the lab you know what I mean it's like I'm like I'm making an album you know you gotta write the lyrics you gotta hear some of the beats I gotta make 40 songs and I'm only gonna take 15 you know a lot of what I do is uh, filming stuff and putting it together and what you see on a 45 minutes of episode or 42 minutes of Unsung right. I might have about a thousand hours of footage yeah. and I had to put it down to 42 minutes so mm. somebody has to, to, to do that so that's kind of that you know and, and, and trying to be in the scene a little bit and, and check out events and Make sure I stay in the know and, you know, watch a lot of uh, television and film. And, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of creating and, and crafting. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm hustling. Like I say, I always compare it back to 86 when I didn't have nothing. I know what it was like to uh, be out of my trunk trying to sell DVDs and stand outside the grocery stores trying to, like, get people to carry their groceries, you know, to get, like, right. 40, 50 bucks a day. So I treat it like Biggie say. Treat it like you as an intern, like your first day. That's right. I can, yeah, and people, I'm sure, can recognize that. Was there a role model or a mentor, someone that you looked at, whether it be when you were younger or uh, when you decided that, you know, you want to get into this business that kind of guided you? Well, there's different ones. I mean, from a, from a straight family level, uh, my grandmother was my big inspiration. She came from the Deep South, and her working hard and her life gave me an opportunity to um, have a better education and do things. You know, when I was young, it was obviously a lot of street hustlers, and, for me, Black Panthers, those are some of my early inspirations. I had a high school counselor who saved my life because I was a, a troubled youth and a runaway. Uh, I nearly, instead of went to college, I nearly went a different way. So he saved my life in that way. In terms of the music industry and the television industry, you know, I've worked with Suzanne DePass, who's a really fantastic producer of Motown 25, and mm-hmm. producing Showtime Apollo, which I worked on. And, you know, Nelson George is like my OG brother, uh, who's, who helped me get hooked up at BET and who put me on at American Gangster. And, now I'm working with Reggie Hudlin, who was a you know president of BET, and we're working together on a few things. So I just you know I continue to be inspired, and I was inspired by James Baldwin, you know what I mean, in terms of what he's done with his life, in terms of as a writer. When I was a writer, you know Jay Z, in terms of, I don't really know him that well, but I have right. met him and chatted with him, and he's a hell of an inspiration in terms of how he's branded hip hop. You know, I'm mm-hmm. a producer, writer, I do online, all that kind of stuff. I feel like you know people like Jay inspire me to show that you can do anything with your vision. You know, I never thought I would be, you know, producing the Olympics and dealing with Bob Costas, or I never thought I would be backstage with Diane Carroll and Sidney Poitier, but I just was like, I can do it. So, um, you know, I try to just multitask, brother, and, and be inspired by all kinds of people. You know what I mean? I was inspired. One time I was backstage at the NAACP Image Awards, and mm-hmm. I was a writer and producer on that show for many years. And, um, and a show like that, I would write the copy that the people say, you know, welcome to the Image Awards, and, you know, I would write everything that they say on stage as well as produce the packages that you see. And um, Sidney Poitier was going to give an award that night, and um, a lot of times artists 
are difficult with what you write. They don't want to do it. They don't like the skit. They want to change it around. They don't know what they want to say. Right. But still, they want to tell you what yours isn't good. Mm. And so they want to be very difficult. And so Sidney Poitier, you know, it's a legend, an icon in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you think Lil Wayne or hip-hop, that ain't nothing to what this man did for us as a people in terms of, you know, Oscars and um, first black man to do a lot of things. And so I'm on the phone with the dude, and I'm like, you know, I have been with Bill Clinton and Tupac and Biggie and Suge Knight, and you can name it, Diddy, Bono. And uh, I was a little bit shook. I was like, oh, shit, it's, you know, it's, it's, just, it's a legend. And so That's I'm right. like, sir, you know, uh, I wrote this stuff. And he's like, well, it sounds pretty good, young man, but... You know, I really feel like there's something else that we can say. Uh, um, you know, he was telling me about different ideas that he had. And he was like, well, I just want to come over there myself and, and read it and work on it. And I was like, what? Like, City 48, <laughs> where it's hardest. you got four handlers and three people trying to tell you what to do, and they got a person sitting next to a person. Um, and so he's like, well, I'm going to come over there to the venue. And I was like, what? And I was like, well, yeah, we'll send a car. And he was like, no, um, I'll drive myself. And I was like, oh, shit. And so Sidney Poitier, older man, probably was 80-something at this point, yep. drove his down, self down to the Shrine Auditorium, wow. sat there and, you know, came through, and, and, he, and he asked me a question that changed my life. And he was like, well, what do you think? And I was like, well, Sidney Poitier just asked me what do I think. Wow. I was like, oh, man. And so we went through the copy, and it was a great time, and I, I just was really an honor to be able to sit down with somebody who was so down to earth and great. You know, some of the bigger legends that I've interviewed been way more difficult and drama and cursing me out and just wildness and it was it was a really great time to talk to a legend and that's why he's a legend because right. he was a humble man and he was down to earth and he's still after Oscars and being all out there as an icon still was a down to earth individual and it taught me a lesson about humility and treating everybody the same because I was just a little kid working on the show and this icon took out of his day to say hey young man what do you think and honor my opinion so uh, it, it was just a really great honor. Well, and and we know you have to run, but we got a couple quick hits for you. Uh, one, uh, Donna Summer, the passing of Donna Summer. Any any thoughts? Well, just I mean, she's an icon of the disco era and of soul music, and I think that she was just a classy lady. That you know, she was able to have a hell of a career even after her kind of quote era ran over. You know what I mean? And that's a sign of a great artist. You know, people always ask me about success, and I say. I'd rather be Tina Reese. I'd have rather have like four or five gold albums and be able to tour and write and stay in the studio for 25 years. And right. Donna Summer's life is that, a life of consistency and greatness and, and class. And um, you got to appreciate folks while they're here. You know, I had been reaching out to uh, Heavy D right before the brother passed away, and I, and I was a big follower of him and a fan. And mm-hmm. I was trying to get an unsung on him, and he just he didn't it didn't happen. But I wish I was able to do that interview. With him, so you got to honor folks while they're here. You know what I mean. I'm glad Donna got to get some love while she was around, because you never know when you're gonna check out. That's right. And Whitney Houston, any thoughts about Whitney? Oh man, I mean that sister was one of the most down to earth, funny people that you'll ever meet. Um, you can Google it, but I produced a piece about Whitney Houston that ran on the BET Honors. I want to say it was 2010. Right. I interviewed her ironically at the same hotel she died, hmm. um, a few floors um, above the floor she died on. And um, Whitney, you know, we all have our demons and our troubles, you know what I mean? And, and, and who teaches you how to – it's like parenting. Do, do people give you a guidebook? You can get some book and read it, but nobody teaches you how to deal with fame. And right. so um, uh, when you become that type of a global superstar, uh, we deal with it in different ways. And Whitney came into the hotel, and, you know, sometimes when I deal with celebrities, I had to have an extra room on the side. 
at the Beverly Hilton a suite, and nobody could have been in, and nobody touched, that she can come in, do her makeup, and her people can come in and hang out, and nobody can bother her. So I had this really huge suite. She came in. Um, I had ordered some food trays and some um, little stuff for her and made sure there was not too many people in the room and got the special lighting she wanted, and she came in cracking jokes and having a good time and mm-hmm. just was upbeat in her spirit. She sang for me and told me about her inspirations, and it was just an unbelievable time. And, you know, I just was proud to have that moment with her because, yeah. you know, I don't know if she was, you know, she came in having, looking really like she had been having a good time that day. Let's just say it that way. And, right. uh, okay. you know, and that's cool, you know what I mean? And, and person. Who, who am I to judge anybody in terms of how they deal with their life? But she was fun. We had a great interview, and on the way out, she was like, God is keeping it too hot up in here. And uh, we had the fruit tray and the vegetable tray on the little table there for people to have snacks and do whatever. And she was like, told her assistant, y'all make sure y'all grab that fruit tray. I want my fruit tray for my room. And I was like, <laughs> with you, still trying to get her a fruit tray. After all these millions of records, she come into my yeah. interview for a little BET show, trying to get her food trade. Yeah. So, yeah. amazing woman, man. She was like Pac. You know, she was, um, you know, sometimes, I don't know if you see about stars. The stars, they they, brighten, they shine in the sky really bright, and some mm. of them fall to earth, and mm. they dim. Some yeah. stars will stay forever. I don't know if you know that some of them uh, fall to earth. And she was only being meant to be that lightning in a bottle like Pac for a while. I don't think mm. that she was meant to be here forever. And she gave us a lot of really great music. And mm-hmm. as a person who got a chance to interview and meet her, um, uh, phenomenal, beautiful, funny lady. And um, I'm glad that she's in a place now that she can be happy and that she can rest. You know what I mean? Yeah. She needed to rest, I think. No no doubt about it. Uh, quickly, you, you do. I know you do some community outreach. Um, anything in particular that you'd like to our audience Well, we know? do. Um, I've, I've, I've recently started. Um, last year we did a mentorship for young people of color who are trying to break into the um, television and film industry. We do a camp with them, um, mm-hmm. a short one-week camp that we've done at a different small colleges. This summer, I'm doing one um, in Milwaukee with speech where I'm taking high school and college students, learning to teach them how to produce. Because um, a lot of people throw stuff on, on YouTube, and they don't really know how to go out and interview people and edit it and put it together and tell a story. So um, right. that's the big thing that I do. I work previously with the Big Brothers, but my thing is to try to prepare young people of color to work in the industry and not everybody got to be on stage not everybody right. has to be Jay or B or Wayne like you can be the producer you can be the stage manager you can be the stylist you can be whoever I mean and that's how I've been able to keep it a career because after a million rappers have gone and came or you know producers or writers um, we've been able to stay in the mix so um, that's what I do brother I try to um, work in a, in a facility where I should encourage and teach young people of color especially how to get the real knowledge about the entertainment industry so that they can have a career. Anything that uh, you got coming out? I know you mentioned some things earlier uh, that you like to plug in the audience, really, to, to hone in. I know you talked a little bit about Arrested Development you're going to have. Uh, well, yeah, uh, briefly, uh, Arrested Development, I think it airs August 6th on TV One. Mm-hmm. i got to check the date, the local listing, but that's an unsung about Arrested Development. And that's the rise and fall of this group, you know, ironically, You'll see that speech and headliner and Ishii and all of those folks that came together in Tennessee and Mr. Window. But ironically, the thing that brought them together, which was Black Pride and helping out the community, ironically, the thing that brought them down was money. You would never yeah. think that. So it'll be a really interesting story. Uh, I have another piece, like I say, I'm doing called Game Changers with AllHipHop.com. It's an mm-hmm. online um, 30 for 30, basically, for hip-hop um, video series. And I have the film American Hope, A Madam Heaven and Hell, which is probably going to air on HBO our showtime in October. Um, and that's a little bit more uh, risque 
but um, it's a really great story. And I'm in the works right now on a really great project um, that's going to be the history of hip-hop um, from day one, uh, a long series, an eight- or nine-part series that's going to air on a major cable network. So I'm just waiting for the deal to get signed. But, I mean, I'm just trying to continue to move forward as a storyteller. Um, I'm a storyteller. I tell stories, whether it be with a pen, a newspaper, or now a video camera to tell people's stories. And I want to continue to do that, whether it be about hip-hop, whether it be about pop culture, or whatever that may be, man, and, and inspire young people from urban environments like myself to realize that your block or your your little area code is not all there is. I've been to Africa, Asia, Europe, Olympics, you know, BT Awards, all kinds of stuff that you can imagine, the Grammys, and, you know, I never would have thought that I could do that, but the thing that kept me going was I believed, I believed in myself, and uh, don't ever stop believing in yourself. I know it sounds cliche, but just wake yeah. up and put one foot in front of the other, man, and, and keep living your dream. Yeah, that's that's good. That's I know good. my partner's got a quick one, and we're going to let you run. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm into names, so... Uh... My, my nickname is Cornbread, and there's the history behind that. So uh, I found out you are... Cornbread Earl and me. Yeah, man, you got to give me a dollar for saying that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, cornbread Earl and me. I actually like Cornbread. I, I, I came up in a family we ate hot water cornbread. So yes, sir. Right on the, the stovetop, you know what I'm saying? Ah, so, uh, word up. Yeah. The, 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 the origin behind your P. Freezy, uh, where'd you get that nickname from? Well, P. Frank, P. Freezy, uh, you know, and there are other variations in the... Uh, Good, but uh, Pete Frank came from Positive Frank, which is still, mm-hmm. you know, one way to get in contact with me. I'm Positive Frank at AOL, Positive Frank at Uglink. Um, those are my emails. When I was in high school, um, I was going through like a turbulent time. My mother was on the streets um, doing too much, and I was a, you know, one of those kids that was out there lost trying to figure it okay. out. And All I would right. still come to school every day, mm-hmm. and there was a girl in class. She was like, you're so positive. You no matter what, you just stay positive. And wow. so it became kind of a nickname. And then when I got into college, you know, you were trying to be cool. You couldn't be positive, Frank, as much. I yeah. became P. Frank. And so P. Frank stands for positive Frank. Right. Now, you ask some of the homies, they might say it might be for other things, you know, with the young ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a gone past. It's always an interpretation, like. believe me. They think, my, <laughs> they think my name is about food. Like, you know, you, you're saying cornbread. And, and what is cornbread? What, what is the what is Oh, man. We, we need another show for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> we yeah, just we don't have no time bread. for that, yeah, man. Yeah, we got to break bread in New York City, you know what I'm saying, have a nice yeah, little drink. That's good. And we pop it up. Go. We, we have yeah. to circle up with you. Yes, sir. You're out this way. We know you're... Your time is tight, but um, we'd like to thank you uh, so much for, you know, taking a little time out of your day to reach out to uh, the LC and Jack radio show listening audience, and uh, we definitely have to get you again. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. And when, I, when my show comes on in August, uh, Rest of Development, I come on and share you some of the exclusive stuff, you know what okay. I mean? And uh, when I'm in your city doing a screening or whatever else, we come through and we break red, man. All God right, bless you guys, good. Man. Thanks for stay good. safe, man. Stay All in right, contact. I appreciate with it. Have a good one. All right, peace. Well, Brad, I tell you, another great, great, great guest and a brother yes, doing his thing. And yes, sir. We appreciate his support and, you know, jumping on the show. So uh, hold on there, Brad. We're going to get him on here. Well, Brad. Yes, sir. Well, unbelievable guest, huh? Hey, man. I'm telling you, man, that was some informative, informative, Real information that we got from P. Freezy. I, I mean, I, that was just unbelievable interview. I really enjoyed it. Real talk too, mm-hmm. man. I'm telling you. I mean, he he said it all with uh, the Whitney Houston behind the scenes and and 
the icon. Oh, I tell you, man, man you're talking about Donna Summer. I mean, he just real though. I mean, he. And what's the other guy's name? Um, we mentioned the uh, Pork and Best guy, the the, the brother. What what uh, what artist you talking about? The older the older development? No, the older guy. He was talking about. Oh, you talking about uh, our partner in crime there? Um, be out, man. Yeah, please help me out, Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming. Okay. Yeah, Sydney. He's a. Sorry to make you struggle there, yeah, man. I, 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 I came just, to me and I, I wanted to see if you were gonna come up with. Yeah, man. I was thinking of somebody else. That's why. Right. <laughs> Sydney Like he said, a legend, Brad. I was thinking about Danny Glover for some reason. Because they're almost in the same realm. You know, he's a little bit older than Danny Glover, but... Right. They, to me, they're in the same ballpark with doing things in the um, movie industry. You know, they really did some awesome films, and they're activists in their own right. And, uh, you know, there's somebody... If, if they ask me what do I think, I would be doing the same thing. Like, What? <laughs> you asking me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you know, in my my um, fundraising you know job that I have, one of the um, auctioneers, you know, and, and they're very well versed and make a lot of money. And one of the auctioneers, you know, asked me uh, about some business uh, venture years ago, mm-hmm. and he said, "What do you think? You think we can um, do something together like that?" And I just looked at him. I'm like. I'm making little cheddar at this time, and here's somebody making money four or five times more than me asking me about a business venture. And that just really opened my eyes to, you know, he being real with me. And, and, and I was like, wow. You know what I'm saying? So he, he um, looked at me as being a partner mm-hmm. and wanted my judgment. And I was like, wow, that's something else, you know. I have something um, that he's interested in. On the business aspect, you know, and so I know what Frank P was talking about when Sidney Poitier asked him that in the same room, for real. Oh, P Frank, yeah, man, yeah, P Frank is. I tell you, for all our, all our listeners, I mean, he's telling you, success is no easy way. You just gotta get out there, be confident in your skills, network, and work hard. There's, there's no quick answer or easy way. I think, obviously, if you listen to hip-hop, you hear that from Jay-Z, how he got started. and You know, it wasn't necessarily everyone's glamorous about how he first got in the game, but bottom line is he hustled. I mean, uh, Biggie Small, same thing. So, I tell you, Brad, man, it's just great to have a format like this and having you as a partner to, you know, relay this information out to the masses. So, I tell you there, Brett, it, it, it's been a, it's been a great ride, man, and I'm looking for us to uh, continue and take this to the next level, baby. Cause yes, sir, it's coming. It's coming, baby. Yeah, I can man. Feel it. I can mm-hmm. feel it. And I can see the lines are blowing up too, man. The lines is lit up tonight. That's you what's know, good. <laughs> That's what's good. So definitely hit us up if you haven't. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're LinkedIn, on. LinkedIn, yeah, baby, we, mm-hmm. we're everywhere. So, if you want to hit us with an email, you can. Our email is lcandjack at gmail dot com. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, let us know. Hey, maybe you have somebody for uh, P Frank. 
All right, for Unsung. You know, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to get on that show, man. I got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find out what cornbread really means, oh, unsung me, baby. Yo, P. Frank, unsung me, man. <laughs> he said he could hook me yo, up. Yeah, yo, like a million I, bucks. I, yo, I got it. Yo, I've been trying to tell this story for a minute because I drop it bits and pieces. I tell different parts of my story, not the whole story, but, you know, so that means if you get 100 people together, you got a story. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 100 people get together and talk about it, yo, that's the story right there. You know what I'm saying? Because I'll drop everybody just a little bit of the the history and the origin of where cornbread came from. You know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily about food, but, you know, I do do food, but uh, that's that's at the later stage of my life when the food came in. But uh, the origin is something else. That's what's good. Yes, sir. Well, you got anything spread before yeah, we Yeah, man. I, yo, I got some listeners out there. I got some birthdays. I just want to drop real quick. You know, last week I, I still want to give thanks to you uh, for giving my girl, Crystal Walker, the opportunity to be heard around the world. It's all good. You know what I'm saying? So she sends her thanks and blessings. So I want to give a shout-out to her down in Florida. And I want to give a big, big special uh, shout out to a new friend of mine on Facebook, Miss Carmen Santiago from the BX. Yo, pretty young lady, man. Uh, you know, I told her to listen in tonight and uh, giving her a big special shout out. And she's going to tell all friends and family to listen in. So, look, Cornbread's got a new friend on Facebook. Her name is Carmen Santiago from the BX. All right? What up, so, Carmen? So, I'm glad you're smiling, baby. All right? <laughs> Gonna get up. Another shout out to one of my homegirls down in uh, Seaford, New York, Miss Gwen Miles. Out there on the West Coast, Miss Carmen Jones. Down in Beemore, I got Miss Nisi Johnson. And down in Philly, Miss Selena Sultan. One of my old high school teachers that's coming to the 50th birthday bash down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Mr. John I. Cook. Another White Plains. Homie, Mr. David Morrison down in the Carolinas. Miss Darlene Rivera, the lady who showed me how to put my face up on the Toshiba Vision down in Times Square. Give you a big shout out out there on the uh, Midwest. Uh, Mr. Christopher Dallin Rippin, a.k.a. Shock from So For Real. Give me a shout out, man. Give me a call, man. I'm trying to get you on the show. You know what I'm saying? What's up? <laughs> That's what's good. Another uh, Facebook friend of mine, Miss Hannah Glinsky in New York City. Want to give her a big shout out. And my friend from VP4, Miss Stephanie Russell. Want to give her a big shout out on the LC and Jack radio show. And a couple of birthdays, real quick. Mr. Tor Campbell from White Plains. Adria Wood, my sister. Vincent Leroy Allers. Want to give him a big shout out out there in Allentown. Pennsylvania, Miss Sonya Houston, Virginia Lumnick, and Anthony Burgess, one of my Facebook friends, give you all birthday shout outs on the LC and Jack radio show tonight. Wow, Brad, I think you covered everything for yeah, you, man. Hey, <laughs> I was trying to tell him. I told you, Carmen, didn't I tell you? Hey, I cover all bases. <laughs> That's just good. That's just good. Well, again, uh, we thank you, our listener, for all the support and Great things that are happening with us Because without you, there would be no us uh, So, last thoughts from LC Is, uh, again, rest in peace To Miss Donna 
Summers. Until next week, yes, sir. Good night. Peace. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.